Hey guys, if you really like this episode, please support our podcast by going to talkmurder.com slash join and becoming a Talco Supremo. All right, guys, this case is really heartbreaking. A five-year-old girl playing on her scooter one summer day just vanishes in broad daylight only to be found 11 days later dead by two fishermen. The reason that I wanted to research and record this story for you guys is because this case is unsolved, but that's not because the puzzle pieces are missing. They're just scattered all over the place. So with your help, we could start fitting these pieces together, bringing justice to the innocent and condemnation to the monster that was responsible. Welcome to this taco special of Talk Murder to Me. Remember we used to do the radio voice, Jen? Your jazzy voice. jazzy voice. Yeah, that's when John used to play the uh, radio. Well, tonight isn't a taco special. It's an unsolved mystery. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, cool. We got such a good response from the Missy Beavers case that I decided to do another brain scratcher. Dun, dun, dun. Brain scratcher. That just like feels weird in my head when you say that. So Talkos Primos, you can now access the forum uh, through your Facebook. You can log in through your Facebook. All right, so guys, we have a brand new Taco Supremo Woo! in the house tonight. Yeah. Chuck from New Hampshire. Welcome, Chuck. Glad to have you. But living in Phoenix, Arizona. Sweet. I've been to Phoenix, Arizona, Chuck. I, I've I like never it. been to Arizona, but I heard it's hot, but it's not. It, it, I've heard that it's a dry heat. Yeah, yeah it's not that bad. Kind of sounds like gross, but I also like. I don't know. Not gross. I know it feels better than being humid, but it, when you say well, dry heat, it makes me think of dry heave. Yeah. I mean, my mom, they went to, um, she, last year they went to Sedona, and they, like, everyone's like, yeah, it's a dry heat, but it was like 112, and so it was still really effing hot. <laughs> yeah. I've had a lot of fun times in your neck of the woods, Chuck. A lot of drunken days. Anyway. Thank you so much for joining, Chuck. He says, hi, guys. I love, love, love. Three times. He says it three times. We love this you, too. podcast, I'm actually a fairly new listener to podcast altogether and have listened to a bunch of different true crime ones. But you guys got my attention from the first time I heard you. Aww. I am completely hooked and hope to support you for years to come. That is Aww, amazing. Thank you so much. Hey, hey. Awesome chatting with you today uh, via the Instagram messages. Yeah, I am from, this is what Chuck says, I am from NH, New Hampshire, so I love hearing Jen and Nicole talk about locations and Mass. My family is from Mass, so I'm familiar with most of the locations that you guys talk about. Well, Chuck, you should definitely, if you're in the area, come to our live show. Oh, yeah. Yes. Chuck, if you go home, yeah. if you go visit home. some people. No pressure. August 8th. So welcome to the forum and welcome to being a Tolkos Primo. We really appreciate your support. It really goes a long way. I really don't want to have to sell mattresses and socks. Yeah. So. We've been approached, guys. 
We've been yeah. approached. We we actually thought about selling a mattress. I mean, if you guys want to buy a mattress, just let us know. And we'll yeah. give you a code so we can get a little moolah for it. But, you know, yeah. otherwise, man, It's probably a good mattress, too. Puffy mattress. Puffy. Brought to you by... By Puffy. P. Diddy. <laughs> <laughs> Puffy. I think of the it same looks Puff Marshmallow. It super freaking comfortable. I think all of those mattresses are really the same, though. The like, ones that you yeah. uh, you open the box and it comes. Like yeah, them. that's yeah. one that one of the ones that we got. We got a Lisa, and I mean, I love it. I did a lot of research on it. I don't know if Puffy was around when I bought the Lisa I mattress. What, uh, how would you describe your mattress? I've never sat on your mattress or anything. I I will admit, like it's most you can. Oh no, I'm all set because um, up until like very recently, like meaning like when I was saging the house recently, I was like, oh no, it's like John and Nicole's room. This is their sanctuary. <laughs> like, do not enter. I mean, it's like, a, I think it's a very comfortable bed. There's a sex swing hanging up. Ew, that's not true. Gross. Okay. <laughs> there's a spin bike, but that's about as yeah <laughs> far as that bike. exercise goes. You know what that means? <laughs> yeah, we torture. Exercise. I hate spin. I'm sorry, I can't. I don't like it. I don't like spin. I don't oh, like yoga. Just get your bike fixed, then. I know. I need to get a new valve because I accidentally bent the valve when I was putting air in the tire. So, um, also, we have a voicemail that came in from a Taco Supremo the other day about one of our favorite episodes oh. of all time of the Clur episode. Clur. <laughs> That's uh, probably, if you haven't heard the Clur episode. Which is really Kyler. Kyler episode. Okay. Kyler used. It's actually really funny. It's probably one of our, one of our greatest. Yeah, I thought it was very well done. I was actually. cracking up, man. Hi, guys. It's Lauren. Hey, hey Lauren. Um, just listen to the Kyler Yust. However you say his last name. <laughs> Who cares? He's a dumb mofo. But anyway. Agreed. Um, Just listen to that episode. So I figured I would. Record a quick message for you guys. I was taking notes during it because, you know, Belton, where I was born and raised. Good old Missouri. Um, so, yeah. I promise the police are way better nowadays. That was a long time ago. That's good. Um, and they're actually really funny on Facebook. Um, I'm going to say rip Popeyes. Sorry, John. Popeyes um, is no more. Pizza. Oh. What? Well, just and there. Then, just oh, there. Oh, my yeah, gosh. She I says, had a heart, heart uh, <laughs> No, rip Popeye's there. Like, oh. R.I.P. Popeye's, like, is gone. It's now a Domino's. Just there. Okay. There's plenty of Popeye's down here, guys. Don't worry I, about I, it. I literally was having yeah. a panic attack. You know, Kyler sounds like killer if you say it a different way. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, it does. Also, dead inside with laughter. You guys had to differentiate between KCMO and KCK again. Hmm. I mean, there's a huge difference if you break it down. KCMO is way bigger than KCK. Also a lot nicer. KCK is huh. a little sketchy. Huh. Interesting. Um, you did not provide us in this information before. Cat, he can burn for that. I love cats. Yeah, and that, that was, was terrible. Up. I wanted to cry. Agreed. Anyway. Um, and then to Jen... When we're you're talking about your little fun names, I prefer the term douchewaffle. Oh, douchewaffle. <laughs> douchewaffle. Okay. Uh, I like that. Sounds good. Hard yeah. labor as punishment. <laughs> hmm. Nah. If my dad or if I was murdered, my dad would just go kill that fucker. You know, casual huh. Midwestern hospitality man. 
What is that? How's that compared to Southern hospitality? Nor deny if there are any more victims. I never heard of any more um, missing girls. So hmm. who knows? It was a great episode. So I'm really glad you guys did it because I was about to re- request it because that is literally my hometown. Cool. Well, you and Alicia must Thanks. be super close. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Bye. I wonder if you guys know each other, Alicia. Yeah, and Lauren. I know, I know. That's I mean, because like, Alicia went to the high school there. Yeah, you guys. You guys I mean, could that's her hometown too. At the Target. Yeah. Who knows? That's crazy. Wow. Hmm. So thanks, Lauren, for calling in. Yeah, and thank yeah. you, Alicia, for requesting that episode. That really was yeah. one of my favorite episodes we've done. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tacos Primos, the uh, voicemail number is on the forum. You can call in anytime you want, and we'll put you on the. Airwaves. And as we've said, um, anyone can request a story, but we give our first and foremost um, precedent to our Tacos of Primos. We do have an update on the doodler. So I called SFPD tip line and I said I have this tip. So I have this address mm-hmm. and I looked up this guy. Does it look like him? I haven't seen a pic. I can't find a picture of the guy. I mean, the okay. guy is old. He doesn't have Facebook or anything. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to actually have to go there and verify it's the same guy. But anyway. Are we taking a road trip to San Francisco now? I called SFPD, gave him the address and the guy's name. Now, the guy, the cop or whoever answered the phone for the tip line, he was like, all right, hold on. Let me get a piece of paper. I was like, all right. Yeah, I'd like to submit a tip. For the doodler, you know, I have the address that may be the doodler's address. And he says, uh, how, how do you spell that? <laughs> and I'm like, you guys just released this like three months ago, the doodler. Do you guys not even know who that is? And he's never even heard of it. I was like, Aww. you guys just re-released this in February. They're not working very hard on <laughs> I was this like, day. dude. Yeah. And I said, I was like, dude, you guys made such a big deal about this a couple months ago. Like, how do you not know this? So I had to spell the doodler for the guy. Well. Anyway, he was like, do you want to remain anonymous? Because I told him the address. You want to remain anonymous? I was like, fuck no, because there's a hundred grand at stake. So, I, like, he only wanted my name. I gave, I made him take my name, my phone number, and my address down. But anyway, he said he's submitting the report that he wrote to the Special Victims Homicide Unit, and supposedly they're going to call me. Either way. I'm going to call them probably in two weeks because I, I need yeah, to make I sure would. my name is on that. I would. If that you know? if that pans out. Yeah. And if anyone's from SFPD listening, money. you know if you guys catch him, I'm going to verify that address. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I we have it on and record the name. now. You have the name. Yeah. We have it on record, you know. John mm-hmm. Perry called on Tuesday. Yeah, on Tuesday, right after. Tuesday the tw- yeah. 20th. Tw- right before I. Nope. Nine, 18. 18. <laughs> I called on Tuesday right before I released the episode. Sorry, guys. Well, we had to get there first. All right. So tonight we are going to... Is reward money taxed? I don't know. I want it in a briefcase of <laughs> crumpled <bills>. up ones. <laughs> It'd be a pretty large briefcase. All right. It'd be like a suitcase that you would have to check mm-hmm. on an airline. Could you imagine if they had to check that on an airline and then somehow something happened to the plane? That's why and you it would fell not over. check that. <laughs> also, All I'm right. just saying. 
So let's get started with tonight's case. It's an unsolved murder mystery that's going to drive you guys up the freaking wall. Well, most now, cases do. Before we get started, I need to ask our third place geography B a I winner. I wasn't dubbed this. A well, question you too much so she can orientate us to where we are going tonight. I'm going to have so, to restudy up on my U.S. history. Nicole, our third place geography B winner. If I told you that Monroe, Michigan borders Lake Erie, what side of Michigan would it be on, north, south, east, or west? Yes, what side of Michigan does Lake Erie border? Yeah. East. And you're sure? Like, north, like, yeah. Northeast? No, not northeast. What do you think, Jen? Northeast. Southeast. Northeast. Northeast. <laughs> I'm just saying east. All right. Well, the correct answer is southeast. Damn it. <laughs> so, Jen, you get, you win the fifth place. Woo. Geography B. So Monroe solidifying third. Well, All right. So if you if you if you take your palm of your hand, that's what Michiganers do. Yeah. They orientate themselves from their palm or their hand because the, the hand looks like Michigan. Right. On the very Which east. Which hand? Our left hand or our right hand? The, Jen, the thumb goes like this, Jen. When you look so, out. Yeah. So so you're first of all you're looking at your hands the wrong way. Well, no, he said the palm of your hand. He said, look at the palm of your hand. Okay, don't look at the palm of your hand. Which hand? The left hand or the right hand? Jen, hopefully you know what that <laughs> that answer. She doesn't. <laughs> okay, it's the right hand. Hey. If, you're, if your palm is down, it's All the right. right hand. So, Monroe, Michigan. The reason I said that, guys, to I want first. to get you guys... To know exactly where it's at. It's at the very bottom of Michigan to the east. Lake Erie borders Michigan right at the very south on the east side of Michigan there. And that's where we're going tonight. We're going to Monroe, Michigan. The slogan is Raisin Expectations. And that's taken from the River Raisin, which we are going to be visiting tonight. Raisin like the best fruit ever. Raisin is not a fruit. A raisin is a dried grape. Which is a fruit. But it is not a fruit on its own. Yeah, it is. No, it's a grape. What are grapes? Vegetables? No, grapes are fruit. Okay. What's a raisin? It's weird that raisins and prunes are separate names for the dried... But it's still a fruit. What is a prune? Plum? Are they not just prunes? Uh, so we have yet to cover them. Monroe, Michigan. are really good. Raising expectations. Now it's about ra- like truly raising. Raising not the what well, the raising the ri- no well the river in Monroe, Michigan is called the River Raisin, like raisin, like the, like fruit. the fruit. Yeah, or like raisin cane. The population is about 21,000 people, so it's pretty large. Now, this is 14 miles north of Toledo, Ohio, and 25 miles south of the best city in the world. No, I'm just kidding, Detroit. 
If you've ever been to Detroit. <laughs> hey, no offense to our listeners up in that area. There are plenty of houses for sale that you can buy in Detroit for about $800. If you do not believe me, go to Zillow. You will see all kinds of houses you can buy for about $800. Well, that's because of the water crisis in Flint. No, that's because the houses are literally dilapidated and full of squatters. <laughs> oh. And there's feces everywhere. Well, that's a totally different issue. Um, Detroit is very interesting. If I Motor City. Yeah, so, I mean, you guys know. The Pistons were good at one point. Yeah. And the Red Wings. It's a very sad thing that's Tigers. going on in Detroit right now. I mean, there's no jobs yeah, there. The lines have just always been awful. And the people are still there with no jobs. That's pretty much Detroit right now. And it's not getting any better. Although the Patriots are having a joint practice with the Lions this summer during the preseason. so. But there is a huge... A huge industry in Detroit, and that's doing very well right now, and that oh, yeah? is the drug industry, oh. and that <laughs> is also going to come and play tonight All because right. it's 25 miles from uh, Monroe is 25 miles south of Detroit. This is a heavy drugged out city, mm. and if anyone's from there, you can probably agree with me, and I'll, I'm actually going to read some people that are from there that will attest to these things I'm saying. Okay, so... Monroe, Michigan is the home of Lazy Boy Recliners. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Now, the celebrities born here, because I know what you guys want, include Christy Brinkley. Okay. Oh, cool. The uh, makeup girl, and the she was on National Lampoon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, She's she was a model. She yeah. was also once married to Billy Joel. Oh, yes, Billy Joel. Billy. She was also Joel? once Joel. married to Billy Can Joel. Can you just loop that, please? Joel. Joel. <laughs> Poem. Um, she I was, just think it's an O-E combination for you. You just don't know how to do it. And also from there, a huge star, Nicole Paloon. Crickets. Oh, she was on the very hit TV show, 16 and Pregnant. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> she was... Uh, also, Eminem's from Detroit. She was 16 and Pregnant. Yeah, Eminem's from, from 8 Mile, from that movie 8 Mile. <laughs> Featuring Eminem. Detroit's shitty. I'm sorry. People that are from there love it. Well, of course. People will take pride in whatever city that they're from, usually. It's very sad. If it makes you no. feel better, Detroitians, I'm from New Bedford, and a lot of people shit on New Bedford. Not a lot of people know what I've never Bedford even heard is. of New Bedford. New Bedford was once the richest city in the entire world. It has home to the whale. In the entire city. world. Yes, look it up. Google it. Oh, what about Atlantis? That's a fictional what? city. <laughs> New Bedford is real. <laughs> We were home to the whaling industry. What about the Rome? Oh, so you guys killed whales? They did. <laughs> That's what they did. That's in, why in when Japan. I'm out on the beach, I have to make sure everyone knows what who I am, so they don't pull out well, the you better. Oh, oh my god, Jen. Jen! Whatever, you're just fishing for fishing for compliments. No, fishing. Jen, you better not be touching the whales. They have uh, a protective coating on them. I don't touch the whales. Uh, so I've been trying to. Waste time and not start the story because, unfortunately, we are talking about a five-year-old girl tonight. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's very sad. Her name is Navia. Now, that's N-E-V-A-E-H. And if you write it backwards, it spells heaven. Oh, okay. So this was Sunday, May 24th, 
2009 in Monroe County. This is about 6.30 p.m., and I'm going to put all the sources I use on talkmurder.com, so if you want to go there and read some of the newspaper articles about this story, if it really touches you, you can do that. This is the Charlotte Arms Complex apartment. She was outside playing with her friends. This was Memorial Day weekend, so school's out, nice weather, some almost the end of May. She's out on her scooter. This is according to CNN, July 6, 2010. Navia was last seen the evening of May 24th playing in the U-turn driveway of her apartment complex. Quote from her mother, she wasn't supposed to be outside. She was supposed to be upstairs at a neighbor's playing with her friend at their place. Buchanan said that her, her name is Navia Buchanan, so Buchanan is the last name. Buchanan said that she searched for Navia after another child tattled that she was playing outside. In fact, playing outside in the road with her scooter. Oh. Okay. She recalled the cold fear that gripped her when she found her daughter's tricycle abandoned at the edge of the property. Quote, the sun was going down. It was almost 8 p.m., so I went looking for Navia, but we couldn't find her. She vanishes from the apartment complex. The timeline varies from a lot of different people, so Mm -hmm. I'm going to go through what we know in a little bit, like more accurately, but just know now that she was playing outside the apartment complex, 6.30, all of a sudden, tricycle's empty, she's gone. Navia was reported missing. Child interrogation services showed up to question the kids, and one child states that, quote, the monster took Navia. Hmm. Now we're going to skip forward a little bit. We're going to June 5th, 2009, so we're going about 11 days later. She was abducted May 24th. Now it's June 5th, 2009. Okay. There were two fishermen out there. They were actually dad and son. Fisherman Guy Brickley and his father uh, were out there fishing on the lake. And this is about 12 miles away from the comp- from the apartment complex. And you guys probably know where this is going to go. The fisherman tells media sources that they're... And I'm going to show you the picture of the embankment down towards the River Raisin. That's what's called the River Raisin. Mm-hmm. But it's a very steep embankment down the hill. Mm-hmm. Like you literally, once you see it, like you'll be like, cliff. wow, how does the fisherman even get down there? It's yeah. literally, yeah, it's a cliff going straight down pretty much. But they walk down there, the two fishermen, and Guy Brickley tells media that as he was going to, you know, sit on the the soil there, the riverfront soil, Mm -hmm. it shifted and then it it was really loose. And then he, he noticed there were concrete chips everywhere, like concrete, um, not blocks, but like someone had poured mix, the quick mix in there. Yeah. So there were chunks of concrete. He looks down and the first thing he sees was about three inches of, a child's back. Quote, to me, it looked like two-thirds of a little back. Not only was a child in the hole covered with dirt, she was. it was also mixed with quick-reet cement mix. Cement. Cement mix. It was also mixed with cement. Cement. Fuck. Cement. 
Also in the hole was an empty beer can. Hmm. So, all right. The killer, so someone killed her. Someone abducted her, took her down this embankment that you'd have to be in the area to know where this is. You'd have to be. You can't find this spot if you don't know the area, if you're just passing through. Mm -hmm. Goes down this little embankment carrying a bag of cement. However, he got her down there. God dang it. Just keep it. Go. No, I'm going to change the word to... um, Concrete. Concrete. Sounds weird, but I'm going to say concrete just so people don't, you know. All right, so... (laughs) You go down this embankment. The killer had to somehow get her down there carrying a bag of concrete. And somehow, Navia ended up in the dirt. And shockingly and awful as it is, the autopsy came out and the official cause of death was asphyxiation from being buried alive. Oh, So God. she actually had dirt plugs in her nose. Oh. This is from Detroit News, July 15th, 2009, if you want to read this. The autopsy results have revealed that Nevia's death was caused by aspiration of dirt, according to a press release from the Monroe County Sheriff, Sheriff's Office. This means that Nevia's face was forcibly maintained or embedded into the dirt surface. Whether this resulted from another person forcibly pressing her face into the dirt or whether she was buried alive could not be determined. On top of the, on top of the concrete that was poured all over her, and then the killer just as another just fuck you, he throws a beer bottle in the damn hole in the grave with the girl. I mean, was he stupid? Were they able to pull DNA off that bottle? They, that's a good question. So DNA was recovered, but the suspect that it was matched to was cleared. So it was just a random guy that was there with his friends. They were drinking, having a campfire, and he just left his beer can out there. So the killer actually just picked up the, a random beer can off the ground and threw it in there. I don't know if he was trying to get the cops off, the tra- off his track or not. But it wasn't the guy. Interesting from the that DNA. he wouldn't have left behind additional fingerprints with that beer can. This is a post that I saw uh, from someone that lives in the area. She says, I live less than a mile from the Charlotte Arms apartment complex, and there are some things in here that I didn't even know. She's talking about the post that was made. The part of the River Raisin that she was found was a locally known place, so it is highly likely that the perpetrator was also from the area. Also, just a little thing that probably doesn't mean anything, Charlotte Arms is located directly behind an elementary school. The only thing separating them is a chain-linked fence, so it's just something to think about. Hmm, huh, that's interesting. A lot of the timeline story I'm going to give comes from an interview given by the third cousin. There are different recollections from different people about what happened this day. But I'm going to be pulling the timeline from the third cousin. I have a question. What? Were the fishermen cleared? Yeah, the fishermen were cleared. And that's actually very sad. Mm. Guy Brickley, I think he was like 55 at the time, and his father was like 72. They were fishing together. Guy finds the body 
he knew that everyone was searching. I mean, the they, it was actually during a two-week search. So they the fishermen knew. And not only that, to see, to discover the body is horrific enough. But sadly, Guy, the fisherman, uh, later finds out that Navia has the exact same birth date as him. Aww. Which is really sad because... You know, he is, even to this day, he probably thinks about this every damn day of his life. Not to mention his birthday. How are you going to have a good birthday anymore? Yeah. When you know that this other little girl that didn't get to see her sixth birthday, didn't even get into kindergarten, born on the same day as you pretty much, is never going to, you know, that's it for her. And you discover her. So... And it's just really sad, even for them. So when you think of this story, you got to think of them too, you know, because I mean they they probably think about that every day. Now this is from the Detroit Free Press, June fifth, two thousand nine. The fisherman told the media that quote he felt the ground beneath him give way as he tried to sit down on the riverfront bank, and that's when he noticed. So he calls the police. Now the the third cousin that I. I pulled some of the information for tonight's story. She does not think the police has done a very good job on this. That seems to be a common theme. Yeah. But I will say that it did take two and a half hours for a policeman to even show up at the scene after the fisherman called and said, hey, I, you know, I've, you guys are searching for this little girl. Like, I found her. They're all wow. out there searching anyway. And it takes two and a half hours for them to come. You know, it's just like, man, really? I know. Like, where's the sense of urgency? Yeah. So, I mean, not only that, I mean, the the fisherman had to sit there for two and a half hours with his dead body. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, freak, you know. And he could, it was already decomposing. He could smell, like, the decomposition. And, you know, it's just not good. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like they should have gotten there quicker. There was a recently burned and empty concrete bag in that fire. Okay. So whoever, the perpetrator probably took a cigarette lighter and burned that concrete bag, you know, for evidence sake. Now think about it. Did Navia walk down there on her own? Because if you're carrying her, I mean, she's not that heavy, but you're also carrying a concrete bag. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it almost makes you think there may have been more than one person. Either that or, you know, young children can be very trusting of adults. And if they were, if she was buried alive, then she obviously was over by the river embankment alive. And it was the summer. It was May uh, when she went missing. So maybe they lured her in with some type of ruse and said, oh, you know, did whatever they did. And they said, Oh, we're going to go for a swim. And she walked down there and then something terrible happened. You don't know because obviously no one, we don't, the the case is unsolved. But perhaps she did walk down there by herself because she thought that they were going to go for a swim. Now, I do want to say that police came out and said there were no broken bones. Well, the autopsy report, the autopsy report came out, no broken bones and no sexual assault. Okay. Um, oh, that's good. It's like hard to find any any silver lining there, but at least that there's that. 
Okay, so two suspects did get arrested on May 25th. Now, this is from the Toledo Blade, May 24th, 2013. Two sex offenders mm. who were friends with... The mother? Navia's mother. Ooh. Were arrested as, quote, persons of interest. Now, the mother explained that she met one of the men while reporting to her own probation officer. She had known him for two years and never left her daughter with him. Now, I'm going to tell you, this mother... Well, I would hope not if they're sex offenders. This mother should get the Mother of the Fucking Year Award. Not really. Over, um... Oh, who is the one that we really had a problem with with the burying and the moving of the bodies? Um, the one that we... The Shannon case that we did. Shannon... Seattle Shannon. This is a picture of Navia's mother from her Michigan correction uh, mugshot photo. Let me guess. Was she arrested for drugs? She's arrested for drugs and uh, home invasion. Huh. She's a real piece of work. And, in fact, I'm posting some links. I'm not a huge Nancy Grace fan, but when this story came out, Nancy Grace tore her a new butthole. Right there on live TV. And that was like the funniest thing. And this is before Casey Anthony. Yeah. Two friends with two sex offenders. And in the interview, they're talking about, oh, well, I never let him be alone with my daughter. What the fuck excuse is that? It shouldn't be in that environment at all. As soon as you find out he's a sex offender, in fact, both of these men. Yeah, exactly. Both of these men were rearrested. Because they got caught breaking their probation from for hanging out with Navia in the first place. They can't hang out with kids. They're sex offenders. And the mother is allowing them. But it's okay because I never leave my daughter along with him. Were they supplying drugs, sir? Like, how did they? I think the mother's definitely on drugs. She's probably in a drugged out coma right now. I mean, she's probably laying on the fucking floor on heroin. Right. Probably don't even remember she had a fucking kid. Yeah. But they're all on damn drugs there. Anyway, uh, sorry. It's tough because she lost a daughter. But if you're putting her in that, it, it, let me finish. If you're putting your daughter in that environment, the. Number one, she didn't even have custody of her daughter. Her mother did, hmm. and she spent most of her daughter's life, about two and a half years, in prison. So she didn't even know her daughter anyway, pretty much. That's sad. It's just, she's a piece of shit. I've seen an interview with her. The biggest piece of shit I've ever seen. Like, don't don't ever have kids. You're, you're drugged out. You allow two sex offenders around your daughter. Are you out of your mind? Clearly. Oh my god! That's not even a question. Sorry, I'm just—it's just like why? Totally, totally. And the mother was trying to stick up for the sex offenders because you know they got arrested for this. You know they were—they were later cleared, but the mother was like, "No, it can't be. They're—they're good guys. They're good people." Yeah. All right. One of them home invasion and raped a 15-year-old. Yeah, they're off to a really good start. Yeah, okay. So anyway. Model citizens. Suspect number one, George Kennedy. According to the Detroit Free Press from May 28, 2009, he's a 39-year-old and friend of the mother, registered sex offender, currently in jail. Now, this is 2009, so both of these guys are walking around a neighborhood right now. They're out, both of them. 
Unless they just got back in for something. I don't know. Charged with statutory rape for having sex. Now, this is a different case. Same guy, different case. He got charged for statutory rape of a 13-year-old. Of a what is wrong yeah. with people? After he broke into her home and raped her. The search warrant affidavit filed for this suspect, George Kennedy, found blood inside a Monroe motel room that was rented by him uh, and on on a few items inside of his van. Of course, he drives a van. Uh, does it look like the one in our logo? <laughs> I think it was. No, it doesn't. It was, um, I, I imagine, a white van or something. Well, but, a rape van nonetheless? Yeah, a rape van. Oh, okay. That but still counts. There was a like a Leatherman tool that was on the dash on the CD player, and it had blood on it. Now, it was human blood. blood? It, they did test the blood. It wasn't Navia's, but it was human blood. And that's all that they came, the police came out with it. It's like, okay, well, it's fine. It's not Navia's blood. Who what the fuck is, blood is it? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, what like, the fuck? But was she bloody? Let's take what, this a step further. Navia, no, she, she wasn't. Her, she wasn't. No but broken it, bones, it could, nothing. They could have had another victim. I, that's what I said. I said, okay, it's, they said it was can, human blood. Can we match this to another cold case? <laughs> that's the last I've heard about it. I couldn't find anything about what? it. Oh, it's like, man. oh, it is human blood, but don't worry. It's not Navia's. So let's move on. Okay. Well, <laughs> what the fuck? At the time, he was violating his parole terms because he was spending time with the mother, quote, the mother, but was also around with the child. In fact, they had a great relationship. Okay. Navia actually called him, quote, Daddy George. Oh, no. And Daddy George bought her toys and gifts and that's what the mother said on the interview he's a good guy he He bought her toys he bought her toys and gifts he is not a good guy yeah i wonder why he's buying her toys and gifts you know he's a fucking sex offender like stranger danger honestly that's how they lure kids like oh look at this puppy look at this toy well now he he's got a level of familiarity with her yeah she just called him daddy warbucks so if this like kids they may be aware of the whole stranger danger thing but it, it, but so it wasn't many, a stranger to her exactly so it makes it that much easier to lure her out of her like somewhere because he already has familiarity with her but he's a good guy he is not okay? a good guy and in fact the mother says the the mother knew about his past rape case but says quote i believe you know, people should get a second chance. A second chance. Okay, here's my daughter, my five-year-old daughter. Here's your second chance. Please don't do anything to her. But I, I believe that people should get second chances. So you can hang around my five-year-old daughter even though you're a registered sex offender. Mother of the Year Award right here. Okay. Yeah, very noble of you, honey. Maybe I can't even see your damn keys anymore. I like it. I know. I remember. You can't don't even see what I'm fucking keys? typing. You don't know what your keys no. are. Who the fuck remembers their keys? Oh my gosh! And like when in elementary school, we had this game called Sticky Fingers. I think that's what it was called. But it was a typing game, and um, we that, that way we learned how to type in computer class. And I was not very good at it, but now I'm good at it. I remember that game. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It sounds. Familiar. It was like a British man was like the 
narrator, I think. That's a, um, Sticky Fingers is a restaurant. It is. It's pretty good. I also really loved the computer game that was the math computer game, which was weird because, like, every, you know. The adventure um, one? Where, the, where it was, like, the group of kids, and they were in Cairo, Egypt. No. no, that's Carmen Sandiego. No, not Carmen Sandiego. Yeah. No, it was like I, Carmen Sandiego is different. It may have been like little alien creatures, but oh, it was I like, know what you're talking about. I loved like that game. The little levels, yes. you them and get an answer. Yes, like really the levels. Fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I do know what you're talking yeah. about. That's a badass game. Yeah, I do I know that. I loved that I, game. Uh, I can't think of the name of the one, the other one that I'm talking about, but it was math and science, and it was they were they were different. I can't think of the name of it. Someone, some taco out there, please help me. It's it was like a bunch of kids, and they it was an adventure. Math Blasters. That's the game. I'm yes, Math Blasters. Yes. Math Blasters XL. I think yes. was a, it was. I think it was XL. That was a great game. <laughs> that but that's not what like I'm a Magic Mike type. <laughs> there was oh. one where they were in Egypt. There was one where they were in like the Himalayas. Math Blasters. You had to do different math and science questions and reading questions to. To go throughout the adventure. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't oh my this. god, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. beginning. That's the beginning. Oh, yeah, of yeah, yeah. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. This is George Kennedy. This is what he looks like. Looks like a real winner. Oh, no. He not... looks like he's stoned. Ew. He looks fucking creepy. Yeah, well, he needs to be in a hole. He has a soul patch. Combined with a Lincoln beard. Chin strap. Soul chin patch, strap, yeah. Soul patch, chin, chin strap. That's your first warning sign. All right, so let me tell you the full story according to the third cousin. Now, this is a relative of the mother. Keep that in mind, right? But here's the full story. She was under the care of her mother at the time. Navia started out that day at a friend's house which was another apartment but in the same complex. I'm pretty sure it was an upstairs apartment in the same building. You know, they probably had the downstairs and there was the upstairs, how yeah. I can see it. Because the mother said in the interview that she went upstairs to the apartment. She started at a friend's house. They were playing outside and eating spaghetti all day. Now, her mother, her mother's... That sounds like a great day. Her mother, her mother's friend... Okay, and her mother's friend's youngest daughter, or young daughter, picked Navia up at this house. Okay, so the mother is with her friend and her friend's daughter. They're, they've been friends for a while, and they actually spent the night that night. Okay, so Navia is at her other friend's house. They all walk over to pick up Navia. Okay, you guys follow me? The four of them walk to the Kmart, which is actually right there. It's like right, uh, you, you go through this little path like in the woods, and the Kmart's right there. You come out right at the Kmart. Now, some say that Navia never came back from the Kmart. Okay, I've seen that in multiple sources. All right. Others say they didn't see Navia's mother after they left for Kmart. So huh. you see the different stories here. Mm -hmm. Now, they would have returned about 3.30 or 4 p.m. from Kmart back to the apartment. Now, then the kid that Navia was originally hanging out with and eating spaghetti with said that the mother's friend's daughter came over again to ask him to play and also if, if he's seen Navia. 
So the the kid that she was playing with earlier, the I, I know it's a lot of mother, mother, mother. The the friend of the mother, her daughter goes over there and asks him if he's seen Navia, and he has not. The mom's friend has not seen Navia. The kid, oh, the, the Navia was playing with, has not seen Navia. At six p.m., Navia's mom came back to the apartment to ask them if she could get a ride to her mom's work so she can get her mom's car to go see her mother. Well, you know, Navia's grand grandmother. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which had custody of Navia, you know, most of the time because mm-hmm. her, da- her daughter is literally in and out of prison. The neighbor actually turned her down, and at 7 p.m., she came back to ask again if anyone could take her, and yet was turned down again. Now, at 8 p.m., now this is completely different. The mother's story has changed a lot. Okay. I was just going to ask if she's been cleared of any suspicion. A lot. Yeah. No, she is definitely on the radar of... But this and happened in fact, 10 she years actually failed ago. a polygraph test. I want to throw that out there. Oh. She failed a polygraph test. All right, I'm just going to say that. <sighs> Maybe now, she was her... tired of having a kid. That's what I'm thinking. She, she's... It didn't fit her lifestyle, man. Cramped her style. She... Right? You getting that vibe? Yeah. She's a big POS. Yeah, she is. In multiple interviews, the mother changes her story completely from what this is. Okay? And says... Could it have been the fact that she was under the influence of drugs and, like, doesn't really know what story is the right story? That sounds plausible to me. I don't know. But at 8 p.m., the apartment manager came and asked the mom if anyone's seen Navia. He comes, the apartment manager... Of your apartment complex and comes and asks the drugged out mother if anyone, including her, has seen her five-year-old daughter. Okay? that That's a bad look. And at 8.30 p.m., it's the apartment manager that actually calls the police to reports are missing. Hmm. Okay? Has the apartment manager been cleared? Yes. Yeah. The mother says after Kmart, her and her friend... This is crazy. Now, she's 25 at a time. The mother says her and her friend, after they got back from Kmart, they go upstairs to their apartment and watched a marathon of Kate Plus 8 while making prank phone calls. What? Yeah, that's what that's what she told police. Winner! Yeah. Wow. The mother says then Navia came back inside the house and she had an accident, maybe wet herself hey, or whatever. Do you know if our refrigerator's running? Should well, we go catch, catch it? it? Yeah. I mean, when was the last time though, like I'm I'm thinking about this, like you she's twenty five at the time. That's like a ten year old thing. Exactly. Like that's I mean she, I'm, I would imagine she was under the influence. Like I distinctly She's remember I distinctly remember my sister when she was 10 years old. She would prank phone call my work. I was working at Subway and she would prank call prank phone call my manager and use like a voice board. Yeah, yeah. And one time I was home when she did this and she, he picked up and and she had the cookie monster voice and he was like 
do you have cookies? And he was like, yeah, we have cookies. Oh, no. <laughs> and then the next thing was, what kind of cookie? And he was like, chocolate chip, peanut butter. Like, <laughs> like he, like, was, and yeah. then, they, then it, like, she kept going, and he was like, okay, goodbye. Like, But he actually at first was, like, yeah. answering the questions. Yeah. That's funny. The mother says Navia came back inside the house because she had an accident, maybe wet herself or something, uh, got changed and grabbed a popsicle and went back outside. Now, then, uh, which is completely different, her story is completely different. Then another kid knocks on the door and asked if Navia could come out and play, and the mother said she was already outside playing. Okay, this is when they both walk behind the apartment and discover the empty scooter, which is a completely different story from what everyone else said, but, you know, whatever. I'm just, I'm confused because... If she was if she was supposed to be upstairs with the friend, right? Whose care was she really in? Who's responsible for the child at that point? Is the mother responsible or is the friend's mother responsible? The mother is responsible for her own child. What do you mean? Uh, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I missed something, so I apologize. But like if you set a play date up, let's say, and you have you let your child go with another parent, go upstairs to the other apartment with the other parent, assuming that the other parent is watching your child, would that other parent not be responsible for your child? Well, there wasn't a play date. She literally... The child just took off and went upstairs. There wasn't like... No, okay, she told... I don't think anyone was watching No one's watching her. She's just out in the street playing in the road with okay. her scooter. I think, yes, if there was somebody that was like, okay, like... Great, you're watching the kids. I'm going to go upstairs and do my own thing or whatever. Then, yeah, whoever said that they were watching the kids, is, I would say is responsible. But okay. I don't think anybody was watching them. Okay, okay. I think sorry. they were both like, okay, go play. And no, none, neither of them were watching. Okay, them, all right. right. That's where I was, I was misunderstood. All right. Right? They were both, they were both neglectful. Because they, one of them. Yeah, they're, them, I mean, if you're were. hanging out with a druggy mother, you're probably a druggy yourself. Yeah. And, you I mean, know, it's anyway. Not the best of your life now, from the Toledo Blade, May 28th, 2009, the last two children to see the girl on Sunday claimed that she went into the woods and was kidnapped by a bad man and was stabbed in the stomach, according to the search warrant. One of the children, now this is from the Toledo Blade, one of the children said she witnessed Navia being stabbed with a knife. And tried to help but could not after she saw the girl going into the woods to meet Daddy George. But there were no stab wounds on the girl when she was found. So the emphasis is that she was going to meet Daddy George. Right. This is from a commenter I read on one of the forums that also grew up around that area. I grew up in Monroe and live there now, although I wasn't there at the time of the kidnapping Everyone around here thinks George, the first sex offender, was responsible. In fact, some kids that were playing with her in the Charlotte Arms parking lot were reported as saying that they saw George take her. But they were then said to be unreliable witness or witnesses or something similar. Now, this is another poster. I know someone who used to work with Navia's grandmother up at the local grocery store. It's my understanding that it was she who had legal custody of the child, not Navia's mother. 
breaks my heart, but the first few times the, quote, mother would watch Navia, she would come into the store to tell her grandma she was hungry. It was rumored around Monroe that this sweet soul paid the ultimate price for her mom's drug debt. I cannot prove this, nor Mm. will it bring her back, but my heart has always ached for this poor, sweet, innocent child. The interview from the cousin says this is what she believes. Now, she started this Facebook group, The Justice for Navia, which now that I think about it, I mean... What do you think? And shouldn't a mom start a Facebook group like that? No, I, I, so, um, I think someone that is not related to the family should do it. Because I think the mom was involved. Well, that's what I was, no, <laughs> like, I think I think in under so the normal, cousin is probably anyway. I think, I think under normal circumstances, the person who is closest yeah. to the person would start something like mm-hmm. that. But in this case, you that should be the mom, but it's not. It's the cousin. Here's her theory. She says that George, the sex offender that was good friends with the mother, they hung out all the time, right, was set up because Hmm. the body was actually found in the spot where locals know that George fishes all the time, the exact spot. He probably owed money or something, and to set him up for revenge— Somebody did this, which doesn't make any damn sense. Think about it. This is the cousin? The cousin, yeah, the third cousin is saying this, that the this George guy was set up completely, and whoever kidnapped her buried her there in order to kind of frame the sex offender George. It doesn't make any sense, and in fact, the third cousin... In the interview, she also said this, the spot where she was buried, okay, she said the tide usually rises and it was most likely she was buried there so the tide would take her out to Lake Erie, okay? So she contradicted herself in the same interview. It's stuff like that, like, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? The cousin, yeah. So I think the mother's involved. I, I don't know. I think this whole thing is just just reeks right here. So that's the river. You see, yeah. it's like straight downhill. Mm. That's where her body was found. Now, this, the concrete mix wasn't even properly poured. That's why it didn't stick together. It was literally poured on top of the girl, but it didn't dry right because they didn't mix it right. This is where she was found. There's the beer can. So Mm. someone just threw a beer can in there, probably to get police off the track. But if it was someone trying to frame George Kennedy, the sex offender, why would they throw the beer can in there? That wouldn't frame him very much because his fingerprints ain't on the damn beer can. Who's this? Well, it was that random guy that, that was fishing there two days earlier. That's what I'm saying. I think George Kennedy did this. I mean, every, everything in my, all the research I did, reports is one dude. And the other suspect that I didn't even mention, they were friends. So him and this other suspect, the other suspect, his name is Roy Smith. Now, this is from the Toledo Blade, May 28, 2009. Roy Lee Smith, 48, served time for a 1991 conviction of 
criminal sexual conduct. So he's also a sex offender. According this to the is the mom's other friend. Yeah, according to the affidavit, Smith gave the bloody van to George Kennedy. So they're friends. These two sex offenders are good friends, best friends. And they're also friends with the mother. Okay, and the cousin comes out. This is what drove me crazy about the interview. They, she was like blasting the media, like everyone's putting all this emphasis on these sex offenders and that it's not them. I don't know, man. I've done a lot of research and it seems like it's them. Yeah, agree. You know, I mean, I don't really like they They haven't came out and said, OK, this it can't be them. They had a solid alibi. Right. Where, where are the police? OK. I'll tell you where the police are. From the Toledo Blade, May 24, 2013, Detective Joseph Hammond of the Monroe County Sheriff's Office said tips have dwindled down to about one per month. That's 2013. They're probably zero per month now. We just came up May 24th on the anniversary of this. Yeah. The police ain't doing shit. I'm sorry, but they ain't. Did they even get an alibi from these guys? The mother felt the, the polygraph test. Why has this case completely gone cold? For what reason? I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm just, I'm pissed. I don't know. I honestly, I I really honestly think that it was something to do with the mother. It doesn't. I think it could have involved multiple parties. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I don't think she acted alone. But the mother was with her friend all day. But, could have been with her. The, the other friend could have, while she was with one friend, she could have been with the other friend. Who knows? Yeah. You know? Like I said, five-year-olds, uh, five year they're very trusting. And if she wasn't bruised or bloodied or harmed in any other way other than being buried alive, which I'm not saying, oh, she was just buried alive. I'm saying that there were no other marks on her body that it, it leads me to believe that she was with someone that she knew and trusted. Yeah, Daddy George. So, But they say that he's cleared. I don't think he's cleared. I mean, where are the police, man? Why did it take him two and a half hours to yeah. get there in the first place? I don't know. It's like n- this case is like so cold. And It's, it's like it's frozen. Well, it seems solvable. Yeah, it seems solvable. Wow. It's really sad. But that's the story of Navia, five-year-old. That got her life ripped away from her. I just think it's awful that she most likely died alone. You know, I don't think that a killer would have stayed to watch her die after pouring concrete on her. Yeah. Yeah. This poor little five-year-old, innocent little child. Yeah, and it's like, you know, wake up, police. You guys want to solve this? You guys want to put someone in prison? You have two sex offenders just walk around. Do 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 do. They're free now. They're probably on drugs right now, thinking about. Oh, you see her? I know she's only thirteen, but she looks hot. I want to break into her house and rape her. I just don't understand how anyone can harm a child. Like, they're they're out of prison now. I doing just, their thing. I just don't understand. Like it just makes me so upset. I know. And yeah. whose blood was in the van? I know. They, they came out and said, "It is human blood." No, don't worry, everyone. Media, please. Everyone calm down. It's not it's Navia's. Not the, it's not this fight. Well, who the but it could fucks be is it? <laughs> like, what the fuck? It, whose is it? 
You know? It's bizarre. What the fuck? There are people that struggle to have children that could, that, you know, the, all they want is to have a child and, the, and they, they can't conceive and, you know, maybe they can't afford adoption or, or, or fostering. And there are people out there like this that will do this to this, this, this child. Like, I just don't get it. Like, I don't. I don't. Well, I wanted to do this case because I wanted this to be an open discussion. So go to talkmurder.com and look for this post of Navia and, you know, read the post. I'm putting all my sources, everything I can there, everything I found. And if you found anything else that I may have missed, please comment. Please let's get this discussion going because no one else is talking about this and it is solvable. No one in the world is talking about this. I mean, literally on the forums, the last postings came from like 2009. What the shit? Like, why do people just give up on this? Mm. All right, guys. If you really enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you use. If you really like this episode, follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're absolutely obsessed with this podcast and want to become our stalker, go to talkmurder.com slash join. Become a Talko Supremo. Get a badass t-shirt, sticker, swag, a lot of love. Shout it out all over the place. Tell me what story you may do. I'll research it. Dedicate it to you. Every Thursday, Talk Murder Me podcast. My name is John. Here with Jen and Nicole. And until next time, please keep an eye on your children. It was also mixed with cement. Can I just say cement? It sounds really weird. Ah, shit. It was almost, or it was also mixed with cement mixed. It was also mixed with cement mixed. All right. Now, I know what all these things are. I was asking a question.